Welcome to the OTL podcast. I'm delighted to be rejoined on the podcast by Craig G. Telfer. Craig, when you last spoke to us, you just had uh, the Pelly podcast and you appeared on the terrace. What a change in the two years. You're now television's Craig G. Telfer. Uh, how's, <laughs> how's it been? We've had Joel Sked on. Joel took us through like the, the, the logistics of when you film, how much work he has to do, the fact he can't really switch off after going to a game on a Saturday because he's he's kind of always thinking until your meetings and stuff. So I'm sure that's all the same for you. But just personally, I mean, what kind of rides that been? It, it's been it's been probably the best thing I've ever been involved in in my life. It's been amazing fun. I think it would be about two years ago, in fact, the last time I was spoken to you, Colin. And I think I, I think we we knew that we were at that point we had made the pilot and we were bidding for, for, for the, the slot of the BBC. So it was it was all in the process at that point. So I couldn't really go into it. So I kept that one to myself. But then finding out we got it, it was amazing. It's, it's been so much fun to work on. You know, you're you're working with your friends all the time, which is great fun. You're getting to talk about Scottish football. You can effectively talk about what you want. There's not much editorial in, in saying that, oh, you need to spend more time talking about Rangers and Celtic and Aberdeen and so on. We can, I can talk about Annan and Breakin and Cowden Beef and Steny and Airdrie. And it's it's great fun. It's great fun. Just delighted to have had the opportunity to, to do it because it's I've been the best thing I've ever uh, been involved in. And I mean, people can go back and listen about the the Tell Me's Pelly uh, website, and then the the podcast that was a kind of spin off of that. But I mean, you've always been passionate about lower league football. Mm-hmm. Um, just now, obviously, a lot's happening in the world. Do you have a fear for the the lower league clubs just about the impact of COVID nineteen and this season? Still, to me, I'm a bit nervous about getting too excited about it kicking off because. I've not got that much confidence that we'll fully get through it. Uh, and, and I am a wee bit worried about just what the impact of that could be. So, I mean, you love lower league football, not just your own mm-hmm. team, uh, which we'll come on to. What do you reckon? I think I think you're absolutely right. There was there was news today, the West of Scotland League, that Auchinleck, Talbot and Pollock have pulled out and competing in that for the season, which you worry that if that sets a precedent, they're obviously the two biggest sides, two of the biggest sides in that division and if they're not going to compete in it because there's issues about getting supporters back in the ground then that that's that's worrying for for teams at a similar tier I, you're absolutely right I, I'm worried I think that it's no secret that, that Scottish football clubs particularly at our level well no Airdrie are a, a, a much bigger team than Steny but the t- teams, at, teams at our level you, you live and die by people coming through the gate and to not have that for, for such a, a long period of time, you really wonder how clubs can uh, sustain. I'm sure that when the, the season was abandoned back in March, April, coming back now, players would have signed contracts, uh, taking signing on fees, clubs investing money on the the the, the pretense or the, the idea that, that fans would be come back in, uh, into the ground. And so that money they've, they've invested in players they'll be able to recoup that. But that doesn't seem to be uh, likely. I thought at this stage, supporters would be back in grounds. I, I personally, at our level again, I don't really see any reason why that can't take place. And it's just, it, it's really, really frustrating at the at some of the thinking that behind not letting supporters back into grounds. I don't want to sound like a crank or a conspiracy theorist, but I think if you can have people out in pubs and people out in restaurants all socially distancing, then you can go to the Penny Car Stadium and have five, six hundred people all sitting in there, all leaving 
all coming in at staggered times, all ordering their tickets online, all uh, going through a track and trace system, all leaving it at different times. I think certainly it can be done. And it's just frustrating that it's it's not being done. And Dan, to go back and answer what you said, I, I do worry. On one hand, you're right. It's it's great that the football's back and, and seeing your team playing and, and the results coming in. And But then at the same token, there's a little nagging at the back of your mind thinking, how long are we going to see this for? Uh, I think you're absolutely right on that point. And a, a different podcast I listened to, the, the Price of Football, which is looking at the finances of football. But there's mm. a Kevin Day is a, a Crystal Palace fan and that made the point Crystal Palace and Chelsea fans couldn't get in to watch the game, but a whole load of them had put an event on in a cinema, beamed the match into the cinema, and they're sitting indoors where it's much more dangerous, but that was within the rules. So I'm the same as you. I want to get through this. I want people to do the the right thing. Uh, I don't want to be seen moaning that I'm not getting to the football, but Mm -hmm. you do think that the science isn't really there when you're talking about as low numbers as that. And the the non-league English stuff, or National League English stuff, which we are more like, in terms of numbers, uh, is is on with fans. Mm-hmm. So you do think uh, something should be possible. Yeah, um, I think when you look at the when you look at the capacities of, of grounds in Scotland, I mean, what was Air is six thousand? Ten thousand. Ten thousand, right? So what your crowds about like six six hundred? So you could easily like there, there's loads of grounds, not just not just Airdrie's, but you look at like Broadwood. Fourth Bank, Oakville View. I actually think you could do it in every single SPFL ground. You could have social distancing. I know that might come a bit more complicated when you go further up the, the the food chain and there's there's more people wanting to go there. But as I say, for our level, I can't really think of any reason as to why they they, they can't go ahead. Yeah. What do you think of streaming? I mean, this is going to be the the, the new thing for this season. I know that you've watched uh, our stream against Queens Park. Yeah. I don't know what what Stenny's um, offering is, but I mean it's completely new. Um, it's, I think I find it quite interesting in the way of entertainment usually is on demand when you want, so you can do something more like that. Um, but it's a very very different experience to being at a ground. I I agree with you. I think there's different ways to enjoy football. So if you're to to break it down as to options, number one, you'd want to be in the ground. Number two, you'd want to watch it on your telly. And then number three, you'd want to watch it on your laptop. But I would say and number three, option three is quite, quite far down. I just don't like the idea of, of sitting with, with such a small screen and, and watching the football. I think, though, I, I think what a lot of clubs have done, I've got a lot of respect for, for what the clubs have done. I think streaming is the it's the, the best way to, to answer a difficult question. If fans can't get back, it's still a way they can consume the, the, the football and watch their teams play. Some services are better than others. I know the Pixel system is still in the process of, of getting up to speed. Like For instance, when I watched I watched Airdrie, it's Airdrie Albion Rovers, the game that I watched, and I thought if, if that was the first time I had seen Pixel Lot, and I thought watching that with Airdrie's commentary, the, the two guys that, that, that were doing that match were really good. I thought if this is if this is the standard of the service that the Airdrie fans can expect over the course of the season, I'd be very happy with that. I thought that was a, a really good service. However, the the next week, the Albion Rovers put up highlights from their match against Air United in the League Cup, and the Pixelot camera, Matty Aitken for Albion Rovers scores a really nice goal, and just as he's going through and goal, 
the camera moves in the opposite direction, <laughs> so you, you you can't you can't see it. And I know that that the the clubs are, are working hard with Pixelot to try and resolve the issues, but given now we're at the the stage for competitive matches, it's a little bit worrying that a lot of teams have, have invested in this facility where it's not a hundred percent up to up to scratch. There's other teams that would bother. Well, no, Morton had problems in their game against Queen of the South. They just their website wasn't uh, didn't have the bandwidth to support all those people at the one time. So it, it, it packed in. But I think if your streaming's done well, Sterling Albion have got a good service. Sterling Albion's actually I watched their match against um, Aloha. Our broth, God, all these teams beginning with A. It was I. I Sterling Albion playing uh, our broth, and they've got uh, people from Sterling University. In terms of just a three-camera setup, commentary, graphics, they encourage people to text in. So I think that was a that was a really good service. That was the first time it had been done, and I think in time over the course of the season, after another couple of goals, that could turn into a real high-quality service. And I think that it's the same for a lot of clubs that people are. I've got a rough idea as to what they're doing, uh, but in a couple of months, I'm sure the service will will be good and will be value for money. Which is a wee bit tricky at the at the moment, as as you'll no doubt know, with the Pixel Lot service. We've had exactly the same kind of issues, I think, Clyde as well. Uh, it mm. was focused on other things. Interestingly, though, and I hadn't realised this, I know that there's now there's a number of cameras make up the Pixel Lot system. So although when it's doing that weird thing of looking in the wrong direction, it is filming everything at all times. And that's why right. it's quite a good coaching tool. So, all right. But it's the... The ball, it will track the ball, but at the same time it's doing that, the stuff that's not on your laptop screen is still being recorded. So I would have thought, mm-hmm. if that's true, then by the time you're doing your highlights package, you should hopefully be able to catch yeah. uh, the, the ball going in the net. I think one of the other problems is, depending on your, what your stadium is like, Airdrie's is brilliant because you've got big stands that you can put the camera up at the back and when the, the, the camera moves from side to side tracking the action, you get a great idea as to what's going on. However, I, I, just before we got on the call, I watched highlights from Stenhouse Muir's game against Edinburgh City. And I don't know if you've ever been to Ainsley Park, but the, the stand there is only about four uh, four levels high. Mm-hmm. So it's a re- there's really no uh, depth of field. So when the ball's going over the far end, very difficult to, to have an idea as to as to what's going on. So I think again for our level there'll be some clubs will be a lot better at providing the, the service than, than others. And for Airtree fans, tune in for the big match this week against yourselves. What's Stenny's offering? We are we I think we're we're streaming. Yeah, I think we think we're offering streaming. I think you'll be able to be similar to yourselves, a pay-per-view offering. Uh, I I'll be honest, I'm 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 the stadium announcer at Stennis Mirsa. I checked with the CEO today. I'm very uh, lucky to say that I'm be, be able to go and take the match in in person. There's still a need for the stadium announcer to be there, so I, I can't, I can't, I'm really, really looking forward to go. So I, uh, I won't be watching the game online, um, but I, I do know that, that we offer a streaming service. So if Airdrie fans do want to to tune in and watch their team win two 0 then that's the best way to do it. Will be through the Steny website. I'm sure details will be posted uh, probably the next couple. Of, well, tomorrow probably. And what stadium? So everybody makes a joke about oh they've got them announced into the empty stadiums. Do you know what the but everybody's doing it. So presumably it's what the league wants. Do, do you have any of the background as to why we're why you're still there? No, I, I don't. I thought that the, when I sent the message to the, the the CEO, it was basically, do you need me there? I can understand if you don't because mm-hmm. having more people there increases the the risk of um, 
of the, the virus transmitting or, or, or whatever. So I can understand that if you don't need me there, but he said, delighted to look, look forward to, to seeing you back. And I suppose it's just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really know what I can offer that, that can maybe play Stone Cold's theme music at the at the start of the game. So I, I don't really know if there's anything that, that I can do personally to rouse the team. Probably absolutely, absolutely nothing. But just the chance to be there and see it is, uh, is, is good enough. And I suppose just trying to do business as usual in, in difficult circumstances. Pleased to say, though, I've had a blood test for COVID and I'm uh, clean as a whistle. So that's, uh, that's, that's something to... Glad to hear it. <laughs> uh, Right, well, Steny, what happened last season? So we've we've missed you because we've been we've bounced about in the same league for quite a long time now. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I say we've missed you. You took a lot of points off, <laughs> so <laughs> no, maybe. we've missed you. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, but but what was it last season? We were kind of keeping an eye on all the leagues and uh, off to a really shaky start. When I think everybody expected you to be pushing for the championship, if not definitely the playoffs. So what yeah. went wrong? Number of things, number of things. We had a really bad season when we were relegated um, in eighteen nineteen, and when we went down, I, I, I thought that straight away Cove Rangers, you'd fancy them to to win the league outright. But I saw ourselves as as challengers for the top four. But in the summer, uh, God, this would be the, this time, like last day uh, May and June. I don't think I don't think Colin McMenamin signed particularly well. I think he was quite ambitious with the transfer targets he went for but couldn't secure any of them. And this is despite the club having gone on record and saying this was the biggest budget they had afforded a manager in their history. They had made money from the Scottish Cup run. They played Falkirk, beat Falkirk at Oakle View, and then played Aberdeen, drew with Aberdeen, and then got a replay at Oakle View. So that's two sold-out games at home and, and, and one game at, at Pataudry. So they had a, a bounty of money for that. Uh, the money wasn't well spent. It was The, the squad was unbalanced, um, not a lot of character there, uh, not a lot of good players, and, and we were really, really poor at points. David Irons came in, Colin McMenamin, as much as I loved him as a player, didn't, didn't really fancy him much as a manager. Colin McMenamin left, David Irons came in, and there was a slight upswing in form. We were the first team to beat Cove Rangers in the league. We also beat Waterford in the Challenge Cup, which was brilliant. That was a, a last-minute winner to, to secure that. But after that, form went right out the window. I mean, we got beaten 3-0 by Pennycook Athletic and the, the, the Scottish Cup, which is the, the worst worst result of fallen Stenny. Just, just dreadful. And I think we won one game between October and was it February. Might have been February. So the real point, we were getting suckered down into the the relegation battle with Brecon and Albion Rovers, but we, we managed to pick up a couple of good results at the end before the season was abandoned. I, I think it's, I'll say this, it's the, the worst season I've had following the club. Just to think with that trap door opening up, it just makes everything really, really anxious and you're always looking over your shoulder. Um, and it just it just, it just really, really wasn't nice at all. And I don't think it was for the like the lack of trying, but just the players weren't good enough. The management wasn't good enough. Still not 100% sold in irons, not 100% sold in the, the team that he's put together this year. Um, but it's, it's, I don't think it's a great division this year. I think Queen's Park will win it outright. Still in Albion, Cowden, Steny. There'll, there'll be a number of teams that will fancy themselves to get into the top four. But uh, I it, it can't be any worse than last season. As that's it. I take. I would take. No, I'm going to take seventh right now. 
Uh, as long as it's better than eighth last season, because that was that was just shocking, just really poor. You know, you've had one of those seasons where it's just shit. Definitely, how we would uh, after not supposed well, we found it very late on because Levy had gone into administration that we were playing a league up from what we built for, and we had a horrendous oh, yeah, season. Yeah. What well, we won one home game all year, uh, so yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. You just you, you want to you want to press the restart button, but it's. You'll get to do that until the next season. So, yeah. Uh, what do you think about, I mean, your interest is in the lower leagues. We've got the pyramid system. You see there's that trap door there. I think part of it is there's all these ambitious teams within mm. the pyramid. I don't think any football fan uh, would not have sympathy for what happened to Rora and uh, and Kelty last year. Mm. Um, but it's also a bit scary if you, if you do go down there, just how much money seems to be kicking about. I think that is good for the game, and that's what a pyramid system is supposed to do. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. I think if you're going to... The, I've said it before, what needs to change? The, the easing of relegation and promotion needs to change because when teams... that There are loads... There's a bottleneck there. You've got teams that are that are spending a lot of money, like East Kilbride, Bonnie Rig, Kelty Hearts... Teams who, who could all hold their own in, in League Two, maybe even compete one division higher. I, I, and I, I'm not sure if that I don't I'm not sure what that says for the game because I mean like these teams are are backed. I'm sure if these teams didn't have the backing that they'd have, they wouldn't be in the positions that they're in. So I don't know that a sort of like wealthy wealthy benefactor if that if that's necessarily good for the game. However, I do think you do need to ease the movement between the two because you've got all these teams spending quite a bit of money at the top of that, the Lowland League, and then Pro Rangers and the Highland League that can't go anywhere. But then subsequently, if a team is relegated, as you've seen with East Stirlingshire and Berwick Rangers, you go down. Very, very difficult to, to come back out again. And I think that you can get sucked into that vortex and, and you just wouldn't, wouldn't see teams again. That's the big worry, that, that if you were down, you unless you had a remarkable season, you, you, I mean, you could win that league by 30 points and still have nothing to show for it because you've got a, a, a playoff game to go for, a playoff game to go through, sorry. So there needs to be something done. How it's done, I, I, I don't know, but that's the that's the big worry, just going down there. So easing the movement between. So, you know, if you get relegated, like from League 1 to League 2, it's not the end of the world because you think you can bounce back. However, if you drop out of the SPFL, then it's uh, quite scary because I, I really think it's a difficult to... <laughs> Difficult to try and come back up the way. One of the reasons why I'd like to keep an eye on you last year was Chris O'Neill had joined you. The, Chris had been <laughs> very popular at Airdrie and kind of left a bit under a cloud. He, oh, in classic lower league style, his mum had come on the Airdrie Facebook page knowing <laughs> that uh, the offer they'd been given was ridiculous. The club came out and said, well, it's an increase on what he was on last season. We don't want to say much more than that. He ended up at Stenner, but I noticed that he wasn't on the, even on the bench. So how's Chris got on? And you kind of laughed as I said his name. So is it not? I think it's not been a success. No, the, re- the reason the reason I laugh and call it is when you when you got in touch with me earlier today to set up the podcast. When you said Chris O'Neill, I just like to pause for a second. I was like Chris O'Neill. Oh yeah, yeah, that that's Chris O'Neill. He's he's not at the club anymore. He left in January. He, so he's he, gone. Uh, He's gone, yeah. I'm sure he's... I looked in transfer market to see where he'd gone. I hadn't said, but I'm sure he's playing what, what would have been junior football west of Scotland League. He, he came in and I think when we signed him, it's the sort of player you're not going to get excited about. No disrespect to Chris O'Neill. It's not the sort of name that you're going to be like, oh, brilliant, we've got Chris O'Neill. And he's the sort of guy you'd be like, yep, 
competent lower league player, can play at right back, can play at centre back, someone that can do a job for you. But he never, he never really stood out. He, he was, I think he was injured at the start of the season, never really got his place in the team. And Jonathan Tiffany came in uh, in, in January. And when Tiffany came in, you really saw an upgrade in O'Neill. And just they just didn't get his place back in the team and he, he just left the club midway through the season. There's not much to tell in that regard. I don't know if Steny have a Facebook page. I don't know if we've got any squawking moz coming in uh, calling people <laughs> out over their, 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 uh, their, their, their wage packets. But I just, you've seen it. You've got loads of players at clubs coming. I think he played about 13 games for us. Come in, job for six months and then then move on elsewhere. And that's that's what Chris O'Neill was to us. Bit disappointed because I did expect a wee bit better for him, but I would say he was that wasn't a great team last year. So you could have any any really anyone could have could have left in January. Wouldn't, wouldn't really have made much of a major difference because it was just that bad a season. But I hope he's doing well now because I didn't think I, he wasn't that bad. Just unremarkable. That's how I yeah. describe him. No, it sounds very like Adam Eckersley joined us last year, and at the start of the season, we're all very excited. Looked yeah. at class act, got injured. Uh, Leon McCann, who we got from Hamilton Ackies, took his place, and he just couldn't get back in the team. Uh, and uh, like that, he's. I don't know. Uh, that's that, I was just thinking as you said that. Yeah, that he's kind of. Oh yeah, he's he's gone, and I've no idea if anybody's picked him up because he, he did mm. look very classy, uh, and he's got a great pedigree. He'd been at Man U. I think it was in what? the. Your program uh, best ever teammate is Cristiano Ronaldo. There's not many, not many folk <laughs> in your team could say that. Uh, the upcoming season, so you, you kind of touched on you, you would take seventh, but yeah, I, I dropped the weekend, which seemed like a, a decent result. Edinburgh City had done very well last year. Um, have you seen many of the friendlies? Are the, are the signs good that it might be a, a better season than than just that? I think the. The, the best players that we have are players that we kept from last season. So that's Ryan Blair and Botty Biabi, who were both at Falkirk, both went down to Swansea. Remember, there was a, there was a period where Swan, Swansea were actually signed a good number of players from, from, from Falkirk. So they were two guys who went to Falkirk. Obviously, the career hasn't quite gone the way they've anticipated because they wound up at Steny. And they came in around November time and they were at the stage where they were getting up to speed and, and began to look well before the season stopped. And I was a bit surprised that they would have stayed on. I thought, excuse me, if they were going to play part-time football, they might have gone to yourselves. You know, like, a, a, like you, you're a hybrid team this year, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. They would have got to throw a part-time, they would have gone to yourselves, or full-time, they might have gone to Queen of the South, you know, or, or, or Falkirk or, or someone like that. But I think with the COVID-19 situation, it's just like, maybe it was just a case of them Getting they just wanted a wanted a club just for the security of it. So we've kept them. Uh, the only one out of all out of the signings that we've brought in, Callum Tapping, who we signed from Forfar, is the only one you'd be like, oh yeah, he's a decent player. The rest of them, it's all all teenagers really. I think this, we've got quite a big squad, but you you strip past the the starting eleven and maybe a couple of players beyond there. There's, there's not a lot to get excited about. I think Dave Iron said that with the new the new rule that's coming, that it sounds you can use five substitutes. Having a bigger squad's like, like better, and you can bring on the, these young players. But at the weekend, we had six teenagers on the bench, and that's just I, I don't know how good these guys are. You know, I think see you want to sign unknown players. If you want to sign unknown quantities, do what Adrian did this summer. You know, and just take mm. punts on these on. on 
spectacularly named guys who you've, you've scoured from Europe. You don't want guys who are like released, like young teenagers that have been released by Celtic and stuff. If that's not exciting, that's worrying. But you guys have done, you guys have done the right thing. You want uh, Rasmataz. That's that's what you want from players. You've <laughs> you want Rasmataz, not okay. guys that have just come from like Hibs or stuff. So that's the thing. I, I I don't know. That's that's the worry. I think it was a good result against Edinburgh. Played well in spells, but. The, the, aye, I, that's, that's the worry. That's the worry. A lack, lack of depth. Lack of depth that we've got there. Perfect segue. Uh, and on the Terrace <laughs> podcast, you have a, a section on your low league show called Body All Trolls. And I didn't, it's disappointing to me to have to bring this up. Uh, but about a month ago or so, you said if that jobber Thomas Robert scores against Stenhouse Muir, I will give £50 to charity. Hello. So. If he scores on Tuesday night, I will, I will <laughs> happily donate fifty pounds to charity. I think the reason the reason I wrote that I said that that I think he'll be a dud. It's it's the idea. I think everyone was getting excited about him, probably because he's, he's French. You don't see a lot of like, you don't see a lot of overseas players mm-hmm. playing in the lower leagues. The fact that his dad is a bona fide Newcastle United legend, I think a lot of us, certainly people people our age, will, will remember watching Lauren Ribery. He's a, a tremendously gifted player, and. <laughs> The thing on the on the, the Airdrie website when it when it said that oh he's rejected teams in Germany he's rejected like a four year contract with Montpellier he's rejected teams in the English Premier League to come and play in Airdrie and when you read that <laughs> when you read that you're thinking right something isn't something's not quite right here and it's just that was the impression that I got is like it could either go either way could either be a tremendous player for you or the the sort of guy that that that's out the, up the road after. Uh, three months and I kind of put that there just as a just as a wind up uh, I hope he does well I hope he does well the guy that I have been really impressed with though I've seen him in uh, your highlights in that game against Albion Rose Griffin Sabatini looks a good player yeah, I think I think he's the guy you can sort of like build your midfield around and, and he's somebody that can get I'll say get people off their seats but you know what I mean get people off their, their couches when they're streaming the game yeah, no there's, there's three uh, there's there's Robert uh, there's Sabatini and there's a boy on Stokes who had played at Irish age level all the way up, uh, had been at Leeds United. Well, all right, you're centre, centre mid as well, isn't he? Yeah. You've seen him. He, he's uh, certainly, anytime I've watched the highlights, he's certainly really involved with uh, what the team are trying to do. And you can see they all look technically very sound. Uh, there's. It fascinates me the development of players. There's a thing that the Guardian do called the Next Gen series, and basically, yeah. the every year take every Premiership club, and they now do it for some clubs around Europe, and ask them who's the number one for this year's intake in your academy, and they've got scouts who check it. Uh, and the, 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 they've just published, I've not read it yet, the, the second year's results where they follow them for five years, and it's where are they now? Yeah. Last year it was Marcus Rashford's intake. So that sounds great because he's just got an MBE, he's playing for England, he's, uh, he's the nation's sweetheart. Um, but yeah. Off, off that intake, only three of the players were, were still playing a Premier League. More were not playing football at all, uh, and that's that's your best player in the in the academy. So it's obviously mm-hmm. so hard to make it uh, that we shouldn't be surprised when a, a guy ends up at well, guys go from Swansea to to Stenny or or come to yeah. because the, the, there's I, only so many starting berths. Yeah, you know, it's, like we joke about it, and that's it's part it's, it's tongue in cheek, but the, you're you're absolutely what you say. You know, for Youth academies, you'll have guys at all different different ages coming into the club, 
and there's only like the first team, there's only you only put 11 players in the park. Not everyone, not everyone's going to make it, but for, for providing that if the players stay in the game, there will be a level for them. And who knows, maybe maybe Thomas Robert could be a, a tremendous signing for Airdrie and you you sell him on, like he scores you 15 goals, creates another 10, and you sell him off to some team down down in England. It, it kicks it kicks on there. That that would be that would be brilliant. It's just um I just it's always I'm, I think see, see last season we signed Gary Harkins right this this is what this is, I mean this goes but this my, my, this theory of mine goes back well before that but we signed Gary Harkins last season and everyone on Twitter was like brilliant Jeevesy brilliant signing for that level he'll absolutely kill it down in League Two and, and I I think Gary Harkins pound for pound is one of the worst players I've ever seen for Steny just you know that that level of expectation like how much he was being probably probably how much he was being paid. Uh, to, to, and factor in what he delivered on the pitch, and on his debut against Cowden Beef, he was rubbish, really, really bad. But he set up a goal where he skinned a boy three times and put a cross in. That gets clipped on social media, and that gets put out, and everyone's seen that. I was like, Harkins, amazing for Steny. It's like, I, you didn't have to watch the other eighty-nine yeah. minutes and thirty seconds when he was running at people's shins and and running the ball out of play and his passes. That, that, that couldn't find a man. So because of this, I'm always suspicious when people say it's a good signing for that level because there's all those different factors to, to, to take in. So I always want to see the guys um, first. What I have seen of, of Robert, you you obviously know a lot better than me. I think on the ball, he's he's good. He set up um, uh, Callum Gallagher against Albion Rovers when he cut in from the left. That was a really good piece of play. But I, I get the impression that unless he's on the ball, he's not really going to do much for the team. He's had an injury, so he came back. Oh, right. He came on uh, in the game against Alwa and had a very good chance um, from from a well worked from a corner and just missed. But I, I mean, I've, we've seen so little of him that uh, it's, it's still quite early. Um, we're, we're, like that, we're, we're hopeful uh, if the technique's there and, and Ian Murray can coach them. They need to find the right system for these guys uh, who have just come into the club as well. Then uh, fingers crossed that he has chosen Airdrie over, mate, not over. English Premiership teams but maybe over <laughs> going into someone else's youth system I mean he's not played senior football as the uh, the crux of it he played youth level for Montpellier the, the club put a, a, one of those clipped things you see it's, it's him beating about four Chelsea players in a, a, a futures match or whatever they call it oh, the yeah, Champions League that. level which looks great yeah. but like you say you don't know anything about that level what the rest of his game was like so mm-hmm. Fingers crossed that you're, um, you're yeah. you need to you need to pay up. I can't come Tuesday <laughs> at half past nine. Uh, thank you for giving me so much time. I want to give you a chance for uh, just to give the the show a plug. So uh, yeah. I'll 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 line it up for you. Uh, for those of you who haven't watched the terrace yet, it's on a, a Friday night on the, the new or what was the new BBC Scotland channel. I guess it's been about a while now. Um, what was it? Magazine format show split between you and the, the other panelists. Joe Skeds also come on here before the Hearts game last year, uh, but also really excellent magazine pieces. You mentioned Berwick there, your piece last season uh, about kind of where are they now on Berwick, I thought was was fascinating. Yeah. Uh, the the Eriski thing seemed to blow up on yeah, as a, was... a viral clip. Um, football on a Scottish island, absolutely beautiful drone footage and stuff. So great yeah. stories. Um, so can you tell us what can we expect from Series 3 and when, when does it come back out? Well, it's back on Friday next week. Well, this week, because we're recording this on a Sunday night. So we'll be back on Friday, half past 10 on the BBC Scotland channel. 
Um, and it's, I, it's, it's not, I want to say more of the same, but it's, it's, it's not, it's, we're just t- talking about just having a, having a laugh, like, like the sort of thing you would do down the pub with your mates, having a laugh, talking about Scottish football, taking on the, the big issues from the national team all the way down to the, the bottom of League Two and, and, and below, uh, talking about all the best players, talking about the worst players, looking in at the past, uh, having, like as you mentioned, some VTs or some really good ones coming up. There's there's ones where they, they, with Tommy Wright, talking about the 2014 Scottish Cup win for St. Johnston, stuff with Dick Campbell, like celebrating the music and the culture of Scottish football. So there's there's all sorts. Hopefully, I think, I'm not saying hopefully, I think I know we will. We set the bar high when we finished the, the last one. I think it was finished too soon. That's because that's when we're really, really getting into our stride. And I'm, I, I know we will pick up where we can get on and it'll be uh, more fun and, and more laughs than uh, than you've ever had in your life because that's uh, really that is probably setting the bar a wee bit too high it's not going to say it's like more last not really like Borat or anything like that but just that 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 sweet spot between um, sports scene and Borat if you can imagine a sort of a, a sliding <laughs> scale between the two it's uh, somewhere towards the, the middle yeah no and I can't well you you mentioned our commentators and, and uh, Brian was delighted to get positive feedback because he says they're great best, best, the best show on telly is what you think the, the terrace so there you go we've got a mutual love in here <laughs> that, that, that was that was really nice to hear I thought the the commentators when I watched Albion Overs game it was a tip but by the, the last half hour or so you know, it gets to the stage when there's every team's making substitutions and you lose the rhythm of the game. I thought they did very well in, in keeping it going and they, they're obviously friends with each other. They could have a laugh with each other and they're putting trivia questions out there and they're obviously Airdrie fans, but they weren't like obnoxious about it. You know, you can watch some like club TV channels, but when they get worked up, it becomes funny because it's that ridiculous. Whereas those guys, albeit it was a low-stakes game uh, and a team that you'd played like the, the previous week, but they, they, they didn't seem to get worked up. It was a nice commentary. It kept the action going and, and they, they, they were great to great to listen to. And that's that's one of the reasons why I think that Airdrie will have a really good service for the season going ahead. Find the pixel lot cameras work. You've got two really good commentators there who will, I'm sure, bewitch and enrich the, the Airdrie and support as the, the season goes on until we're allowed back in. Excellent. And the, the League Cup's a bit of a funny one now because I think we've both made the kind of start where it's really hard to see either team making it through. Um, but predictions for, for Tuesday night? Do you feel confident? I'd fancy Airdrie to Airdrie to, to beat us narrowly, maybe by one or, or two goals. I think Airdrie have, Airdrie have got that. Ace. We've only played the one game. Uh, Airdrie have played the, the two. What I've seen from Airdrie, they've got the, the players that can that can hurt us. I mentioned Sabatini, I like him. I think Callum Gallagher, play him at centre-forward. Don't play him as a, as a wide player. I don't know why Murray persists in doing that. He's got all the tools to be a, a right good centre-forward, so just play him, keep him inside the penalty box. They've got the players that, that can that can hurt us. I think Airdrie have signed quite quite smartly as, as well. I think you go through from back to front, the team seems stronger than it did last year, um, whereas we, are, as Steny, aren't. I think they're just just as good as they were last year and that wasn't really high bar so I had fancy energy to, to to win it if we can take take a point maybe two points from the game then, then I'd be delighted with that but you know what I think for, for teams our level particularly us since we're the, the poorest team in the group it's you just you just want to see good performances at, at, at this stage you want to you want to be able to hold your own against like Livingston and, and Alloa and the, the teams that are the teams that are above you 
Yeah, no, I agree with well, I agree with all that. I hope that we can get an arrow win, but no, apart from uh, from that, I think you're bang on in the competition. It's a it's a kind of chance to see your team early on. Unless you get off to a flyer as a lower league team, you're you're really struggling. So just yeah. enjoy the games for 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 what they are. Uh, and Definitely. it is great to have football back. So um, I hope you enjoy it sitting in your uh, announcer box and, and that you get to. It'll be, it'll be it'll be a really interesting season for. I say I was saying this to the guys that do our commentary that uh, you should be keeping a, a diary because it's one that. I'll look back and it'll be one of these weird things like the, the wartime years that uh, uh, you'll have been, been close to it. So so enjoy, enjoy it. Enjoy being in the in the ground and Can't uh, wait. hopefully it doesn't last too long. Yeah, I know. Let's, let's hope we're... I, you know, I don't know how it's, how long it's going to last. We, I mean, before we started recording, we were talking about our work situations and it's probably not going to be till next year that we're, we're back in the office. But hopefully the football at our level with these big, spacious grounds, all outdoor stuff, People socially distancing, sitting with masks on, I think it's doable. So let's hope that that is that can that can be the case, and we can we can get back watching it uh, safely and, and as soon as possible.